0: And they said, uh, are you here alone? I said, oh, I'm here with, I'm, I am by myself. I mean, I'm not, you know, he, does your husband know you're here? <laughs> and of course, my two friends are now peeling out against the wall, laughing, banging, you know, saying, you know, <laughs> does your t- husband know who's total- here? She doesn't even know who her wow. husband is. <laughs>
1: just <laughs> totally outing you. My
0: husband does not know where I'm at. My husband has no
1: idea. <laughs>
2: Welcome to The Gayly Dose, the weekly podcast made for and by gay men and their allies. We're a podcast with a mission, elevated conversation
3: with the hopes of building a deeper sense of community in the gay world.
1: shall it's time to come take your Gayly Dose.
3: Welcome to The Gayly Dose. This is Helmut lucero Demogalski. So excited to be here today. I'm with my friends. Hey, what's going on? What's the tea? It's Bennett.
1: Hello, it is Dante Adonis Rhodes. Also don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms at The Gayly Dose Pod. Online at TheGaleyDose.com, where you can find our lovely new merch. Yeah. And don't forget to look us up, where you can listen to podcasts anywhere at The Gally Dose, and give us a five-star review, even if you don't like us. Yes, honey. Oh, my
0: God, I, I love, love that.
2: that. That's that's I right? love your... That's his, like, thing now. Even if you don't like us.
3: Yes.
0: Well, find out what that means to you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, today, I'm so delighted to have with us our precious guest, Miss Abby Drew. Hey, Abby. Hey, it's Hey, great Ms. to be Abby. here.
0: I'm jumping in my seat. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, abby is um, has developed into what is quite a delightful friend for me she um has an amazing background in social justice um, and uh with the ben marion institute i happen to know her if you guys listen to our very first episode i talked about my experience with an organization called belong and abby as an um, amazing, amazing lesbian lover of her queer community um, really impressed me in those first meetings because she she, uh, she shared with us and sat with us and talked about culture with us um, and you know culture is something that's passed on from people to people together um, it's very hard to do just through reading but you kind of experience it so today we're doing a dose of queer culture and, um, and we're you know, we're gonna ask ourselves a little bit what does queer culture mean in that? And I will tell you, honestly, I'm super excited about the intergenerationality too, because across all of us, we have several decades uh, across a spectrum and I just, we do <laughs> define
0: uh, several,
4: <laughs>
3: I'm not going to be specific. I left that. All right, everybody.
0: Few means three. Several. Well, you do the math. <laughs>
3: and there's four of us. Well, we got
0: to go to Dante all the way. Okay. So, you
3: know, like it's, we're, a, we're amongst ourselves, we're already three, so, um, Anyway, with that, I'm going to ask you, Abby, if you can just give a little... What are your thoughts when I say queer culture?
0: You know, the idea of... When I hear queer culture, I I have to say, for me, a lot of it is being able to understand... It's a very positive word, first of all. And I know the word culture. Everyone, when they hear that word, thinks either of people who are very... um, trained and very well um oh behave well and culture Mm -hmm. and know all kinds of things in the arts and the whatever which was a lot of my life but culture for me is when we can define ourselves so authentically who we are and to put in within that culture the understanding that it's made up of such a variety of delicious things when from person to person just absolutely I was uh, uh, I was looking at um, oh well I won't get into it but I was looking at a at a, a bedsheet that had was all made up of zebras on the print and this bedsheet just I started realizing my God every zebra I don't know if everybody knows this no two zebras have the same stripes mm-hmm. and it's my belief that what makes our culture as queers as as human beings, let's start there, who happen to understand who they are inside, maybe not on totally, or show it on the outside, that we, we, um, we are all different. We are so different. So hence, what I learned for culture was to dive into it like any other culture. I love the arts. I've done many things that have um, enriched my life. But our culture for me is jokes. We'll start right there. We'll start at the light stuff first. But the other stuff, culture, dance where would American culture be without us? Yep. You might as well make every theater, every whatever. And I'm not you know, I'm not just bunching us together in stereotypical fashion. But it's a fact. What makes people sensitive? Maybe there's a little bit of gay in everybody, even when they're choosing in their closet what to wear, when they're standing outside their closet. And I, I think that, that um, the idea of what culture is in Atlanta has been consistently one of wanting to be joyful and having those moments where you can explode with it and the other moments where it's just been heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I think, I think... Um,
0: does this that, make sense Yeah, to no, it yeah, sure. totally
3: does. I think that the the concept of us being the sparkle and charm in life is interesting if you think about it because queers do bring um, so much to the arts um, also intellectually into every area that i know of when when lesbians gays go into these areas they really can create some pretty amazing things Um, what does queer culture mean to you dante it's such an abstract question because it means a
1: lot and it Mm -hmm. it does have that kind of different meaning of what just culture in general is. And it's, for me, it's like a culmination of commonalities that people share and how they meet and relate to each other. Yeah. And once they do come together, it kind of like you build a new... Since a community within each other and i'm like that's what queer culture is based on these Mm -hmm. people who have felt ousted in other ways in their life related to other parts of culture what it may mean to like their race or their social economic background or their demographic in society outside of gay once they become a part of a queer community or queer culture finding that thing that really brings them together i think is something that is so important and that has been a paramount for us for the past 30 40 50 60 years and how we've continued to fight forward for equality and better rights and treatment in the workplace or in housing, et cetera, is because of queer culture and how strong and powerful it is. We'll continue to grow as time goes on.
2: That was a good definition, actually. It is. That was uh, really good, Dante. Yeah,
1: <laughs> OK. And with that, both, both, All
3: right, girl, both Bennett and I are going to
2: take a, a pass on this question, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I'm not, no, not, no, no, not going right? to add to that one. No, no the, the, I mean,
0: but it, we're covering a, a lot of things. and. Um, I just, when you said that, it made me think, wow, what was it like before we had the word culture right. and we had plenty of gay people? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think in the caves, you know, there were those who went out with the clubs and, and hunted. <laughs> the so probably the water. women. The caves. Uh, but, you know, that, that the idea of what culture is, for me, the, the ability to not misunderstand what gender is and what form of um, being uh, gentle. We've missed the boat in having to compartmentalize things, even in art. hmm
2: even in our, I thought you were going to go down the route of like, oh, in, even in the caves, the men would go and hunt, and they weren't really just hunting. No, the women, <laughs> <laughs> or the men, or the women stayed behind, and they weren't. Well, just you know, you know it, taking you care know. of the cave.
0: Well, that's true. That's true. I think fishing weekends where men all go out, right. and, You know, for their I used to call uh-huh. those homosexual weekends. Well, you know, that's the, like the
2: Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So for um, so for me, when I think of culture, um, you were talking about bed sheets earlier. I think of a quilt. So we have a quilt and it's it's almost like an ever-changing quilt it's always being added on it's always being it's always we're always taking from the past and bring it to the future so i think of gay culture just like you were saying dante it's it's this beautiful mix of um what made us different from the mainstream when it comes to queer culture it's it's the good the bad the ugly it's being really good at um fashion and design and having that sparkle, but it's also on the opposite end. It's, it's not embracing oppression, but getting through oppression, um, because oppression is part of our history as people, um, as queer people, um, and, and women and people of color. Um, so when I think of our culture, it's, it's really great and it's there's a lot of negatives just like you were saying a little bit yeah. earlier abby
0: and it's interesting what is our culture if we look at some of the greatest scientific developments uh, understandings breakthroughs in people's health so much of that on record yeah was done by gay people who yeah. were not into entertainment who were not engineers mm. the rockets that went up yep yeah. The early ones. I mean, it is documented that wherever, in any room where you had at least 20 brilliant people, Mm -hmm. you had your own sprinkling of folks who were homosexual.
4: Homosexual.
0: But everybody was earning a living, and everybody, well, it was a different time. Not everybody could be authentically themselves. I have
3: to be honest and say, um, when I say queer culture, I feel like it's still this like unknown thing and here's what i mean by that i feel like um particularly u.s queer culture and having been so suppressed and it, it's been suppressed across to your point it's been a suppressed thing by main most major religions it is something that we don't like different yeah. um businesses even yeah and i feel in like, the workplace i feel very drawn some sometimes and i know you guys can be like hocus pocusy helmet but i have a lot of native american in me and i felt at a very young age I was like, this part of my culture is really important. And I don't know it because it was passed down to me through my family. I can't say it's this and this, but there are certain behaviors I have that are from that lineage. Um, And one of those things is the concept of the two spirits, right? Or any person Mm -hmm. who was in the queer community were two spirits. Um, And they were looked at, uh, uh, they were looked up to for guidance and wisdom in their communities. And I feel like that is something that is a very beautiful cultural classification of gay uh, and queer because it says basically that you have a place amongst straights that is honored it's a completely flipped view of what you know western culture has done to the queer community and when i think about what's happening presently in today's time um i feel very much like we haven't had the opportunity to express queerness like without um without abandon meaning to truly celebrate queerness and the big reason for that is the massive amount of death that happened with the pandemic of hiv aids it wiped out gays and it taught us that we were bad um and it taught us that we you know for our sexual shame here you go right all that all that was proven true your abominations and lesbian culture had to continue and progress whereas gays took a big hit Um, And I am sure that that was felt by both. What we haven't had, and what I fear the most of, is are we really delving into a future queer culture? Queer culture to me means lesbians, gays, trans, hanging out together, appreciating each other's differences, and then really leveraging the fact that we don't have children, some of us, um, to really concentrate on beautifying the arts or the sciences the areas that we're at because I think that we have an opportunity to be leaders in the straight community We just haven't had that opportunity to celebrate that together in American history And we have now potentially opportunity going forward to do it. Does that make sense?
0: Well Of course, you know what what you're feeling what I want to know is understanding what you're envisioning if, if one were to, to absolutely say we haven't had the opportunity together yes. to celebrate, what would that, it makes me say, what is, would that look like? Let's just take America. We, we, you know, see the borders, and then there's Hawaii, which also, by the way, had twin different culture of honoring uh, gay. They were almost treated like gods. Gay men who, you know, there, were, there was there's a lot I don't know in terms of detail but that's say, something. Let's, let's
2: go back to that
0: well no, there is something <laughs> interesting to look up and also in India and places I've traveled to understand that but um, celebrating celebrating in in what way that we ha- you know ha- how have people not been relaxed enough depending where you are geographically this country is shifting like plates on a you know, mm-hmm. on the earth, like a big equator, you know, tectonic plates, t- yeah, know. clapping away. Because a lot of people have been celebrating to get so much done, and but they're only um, their stories always have tragedy in them. So is it a change where there's nobody blinks twice? Is that happening already in the world? I think it is. I, I, think, I think it is. Could some
3: I think? Uh, I said celebrating earlier because I think wouldn't it be cool if when you have had a child. Mm-hmm. and you realize they're queer, you're celebrating because you're literally excited about what's going to come out of this child's future. I think that is an exi- like, that's something that I like would love to see. Like the same thing as being
0: gifted as as being great. Dante, in math, is that, you know, is it the same thing to say, oh my God, we've got a genius because he's queer? Not necessarily so, So, like, I think what some people may
1: want is that that it's almost like an ostracization that we want to move away from. I feel like some people want it to be, your child is queer and that's still your child. Like, that's just a part of the makeup of them. Like, say it were a chromosome, like, that's just one of the 23 chromosomes your child has, and it's still just your child, and it's still going to be another person in society versus, like, we've moved to such a it's almost like, I don't want to call it trauma porn, but it's like this thing we get, we've come to such a place where like, you finally have someone who doesn't mind that you're gay. So instead of it just being like, you're existing, it's like this huge hoopla of you are queer. Oh my goodness. Or it's the total opposite where it's like, oh, like you're damn hell. You're an abomination because you're queer. And I feel like maybe is this goal that we're just the same. Like, are we really fighting for equality? I feel like, I don't know. That's Seems like that's. I get what, what you're saying. The future goal would be.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, the idea of, of um, you know, when we took look at the term heterosexism. Heterosexism, uh, people who. All of a sudden don't realize, you know, or surprised you're gay or whatever is because, of the fact that they've they never assumed in this world that anybody was anything but straight.
4: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think what
0: we're looking for is that we get to a society where. We're not having to announce who we are, or it's assumed. Mm-hmm. It's always assumed. Most of my life, still to this day, uh, they'll ask, well, at this point, they ask, do I have grandchildren? I take that easily, I take that easily, you know? White hair is really cool. At least mine came out okay, thank God. Yeah. But, um, you know, it could have looked like a dead rat on my head. but but. the but, but But the idea of making those assumptions and what I found, and I really got this from my parents, Marion and Ben, and that was the what the Ben Marion Institute for Social Justice is about, that really, when you're feeling okay about yourself, and maybe this is the great inner thing that's beginning to happen, I think, here in America, is when you begin to absolutely feel okay about yourself, it takes a little courage to get over that edge where you're what's on the inside, is so easy to show on the outside mm-hmm. that it's not, there isn't that great moment where you have to announce something at a table so that we can help our heterosexual or and, and go over heterosexism where they just don't presume you're straight. In life, there's going to be everybody, and now there's going to be more than whatever. So to me, um, I my parents told me that as comfortable as you are, if you are comfortable... However you present yourself as a queer, you're gonna be, that group is gonna be comfortable. When you take out some of that discomfort and it comes out sometimes creepy places from under your collar, under your armpit, wherever, in your eyes or people feel it. And for me, the thing that has been different for me is that I had parents who I always was me. Always was Abby. You know, whoever I was, I was in government I was always out. I'm not going to go into those long stories. We all have our stories, and they're poignant because we're socialized to have to have those stories. You know, there should be something as much the same as, oh, wow, I'll never forget when I realized I want to be a fireman. Oh, wow. And what, you know, or what about people who begin to need to think who are heterosexual when they wake up in the morning? They don't wake up saying, oh, my God, thank God I'm straight. Mm Where we, no matter what we say and how comfortable we are, we know what the odds are. When we wake up, we know we're gay on some visceral internal level. And we either stay within our little community or we have the courage to move out authentically among the straight world. And I think this addresses into the idea of what is going to be celebrated we've got some work to do we do we do
2: and i love um abby has her little bracelets on it says have courage and be kind be kind and then the other one says badass on it (laughs) (laughs) i love that yes well you know
0: for me it's nothing is nothing is is just between two you know, left and right is a yeah. whole continuum of, of whatever. And the kind of badass I want to be and have been is the kind that just what I said to you. One thing that I... Does that make sense? It, does, it, does it makes yes. total sense. I think,
3: um, <clears throat> and I would love, you know, your all's thoughts on this. I, I find that my intersection specifically for me of <clears throat> being a gay dad, right? Who has three daughters that I, I spend a lot of time completely crossing two huge chasms right I'll, i remember going to the father-daughter dance to um, different you know activities in <laughs> elementary school as i'm coming out um or you know you i'll go to graduation i'll go the dances whatever mm-hmm. and over time, to slowly and increasingly present queerness openly, or femininity, or you know, got, now I got the long hair, or I'll wear the short shorts, or things that I am enjoying in my queer home in Atlanta, and then to be able to go out in those environments and express, and I can see people are just, you know, you 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 can, it's palpable almost that they're like, this is the queer, you know, mm-hmm. and i'm and it's 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 hard I feel like it's similar to the struggles of other cultures where you're tired of being the educator but if you stop being the educator and you stop being the example it's never gonna happen
0: that's right right yeah so So yeah get over that part you know somebody once really got on me for saying get over yourself I had a lesson to learn there you know it's discounting of someone to say you know get over yourself but there's some things as as a as a world that's trying to understand allowing us to just be. Yes. And not needing to put us one way or the other or bother us. um, That, that we really have to continue to live in a state of grace and not, not shoot ourselves in the foot, which brings up a whole lot about the other part of what is looked upon as gay culture. And that's an, that's a darker kind of subject in my mind.
2: Yeah. I think on top of, on top of that, it's, there is a an aspect of educating people. But then there's also an edu- um, an aspect of just being you, right? Oh, yes, the more right? The more exactly the comfortable you can be being in your own shoes. I feel like in your own skin, the the more people will just be comfortable with you being black, you being
3: a lesbian, you being gay xyz I, I agree but i find it so hard i'll use an example so i it was staying in the destin area with my daughters over vacation and it was at the time you know like pensacola pride's mm-hmm. happening so the gays are all at a little you know part of the beach together i'm over here in straight land and redneck riviera with Wait, my daughters. is
2: destin close to pensacola
3: yeah they're yeah. kind of like they're close by so i'm with my daughters haven't like i'm we're excited and literally the choice to am i going to wear a cute gay ass speedo or not okay it's silly. It's a regular decision. It's a fashion decision, right? But I'm like, wait, why is it that when I'm with my queer friends, I'll wear this and feel cute and sexy and fun. And now that I'm on the Redneck Riviera, I'm worried about being maligned, uh-huh. laughed at, That's true. looked at. So
0: what, let me and- ask you, and sincerely, why What do you think is the reason for that? Why is that?
2: Because of the world around? The what?
0: I want to ask. It about you having to why do you, you know, why one has to think before they do that. I'm asking you directly. I
3: felt like at the time, I still wasn't comfortable enough to just be like, this is what I'm doing, fine. There's that un, that, that kind of like, okay. I want to feel it. I wanted to fit in. And what I wound up doing was, I put on you know, a Speedo in front right. of my daughters like, girls, do you like this one? And they're like, Dad, love it. It's killing. Let's go. <laughs> and we walked down the beach and you know there's the gawkers and the comments and you can see these people one lady walks up to me and she's like excuse me are you gay or straight and in front of she miriam said in front of miriam um and and i was like what makes you think you can ask that to me in front
0: of my daughter that's literally what i told her she said because you're hot it was so well hard. That does beg the question that there are those who would say that not to get all dowry here yeah but um uh for me when when asked those kind of questions back in the day i first ask a question back and ask how will you knowing that help you? What is it you know that will work for you in in knowing? Right. The how answer? will you treat
2: me differently? Yeah.
0: Not, or I won't even go to treat. No, because already I'm I'm saying something. I'm saying, how will this information help you? Mm-hmm. That is the key, and then you can have the joy of her saying you're hot. Yeah, and. and you know- uh, and you can say, thank
3: you. Yes, yes. Then yes.
0: hot is a universal, and then you can walk on. It's learning how we don't get triggered so fast, fellas.
1: True, so- part of me, true. It's part of me is thinking about the conditioning we have as people for you to say, like, why, is it, why isn't it? Why is it okay to ask about sexuality in front of a child? Like, Why can't she ask if you're gay or straight true. just because your daughter is a daughter? Like, It should be okay for children to be aware that sexuality does exist in a way that affects humans in a way that like as an adult, like this is something that is a part of your life, even though as a child it's not as relevant in the same way that alcohol does. Like children know what alcohol is and know that they shouldn't drink it. Like while kids are not having sex, it's okay to recognize that sexuality is present. So I feel like it should be okay for someone to say, are you gay or straight in front of your child?
3: I think you're right. I think those are all things in my own development it's you go through it, you grow through it, right? I should not question the Speedo as much and be more confident that I should be okay with that question. Right. It's, but I guess that's my point as we put ourselves in these uncomfortable situations, as we express our queerness, which Mm -hmm. is a story that each one of us do on our own at our rate, (coughs) we're going to hit these new questions in ourselves. And if you don't do it, you'll never learn, you'll never upgrade. You'll never Mm -hmm. be better at being queer. I mean, Um, more,
0: more of the question too, is, is getting to the place of really gently saying, why am I so uncomfortable with myself? Yeah, because that brings up the situations that become dilemmas of the person on the beach. Or yes. you know the uh, the other thing that I loved, and I, I I will owe this back to my parents and to my mother. You're only as sick as your secrets. You're <sighs> only as sick yes. as your secrets. So <clears throat> if we have children, and by the way, it's awesome. Uh, And that's another piece we can look at in terms of research. We talk about things, but we need to have facts behind them often when we speak like this. That the amount of gay parents, not choosing after they're gay to have kids, but who have been in marriages and have your whole situation, it is awesome. You are not a unique situation. You are uniquely helmet, and that's a delight. And for your daughters, how lucky are they? And they... You can't, it's a visceral thing. You, you, you know, um, we think nobody has a clue until we tell them something. Well, get, forget that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, forget that. And uh, so sometimes it's neat to have kids around because they encourage you to be so real.
3: Hey, Bennett, I love that cute purple shirt you're wearing. It's royal blue. Yes, royal blue. And I love that Gaily Dose logo on it. Where'd you get it? At thegaylydose.com. We now have merch.
2: And we have all kinds of stuff. Hats, shirts. I even got a doggy bandana for Miss Stella.
3: Oh, Miss Stella's so pretty. Love me some good merch. Yep, just go to thegaylydose.com.
1: I can't wait to have kids.
3: I can't wait for you your four kids. girls. You're gonna kind love About them.
1: six years before I have my first <laughs> one, according to my plan.
2: I, I, I love... Oh, you've
0: got a plan. Yeah. Oh,
2: he's got a yes. down to the month. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and then there was me. I had plans, and I I just forgot to have kids. And then oh, you God. know I had all kinds of plans, but I uh, and I also have lots of regrets. I love it when when gay people say I have no regrets. Well, yeah, yeah. Lick your paw, and, you know. <laughs>
2: Must be course, nice.
0: You know, you have no regrets, then you haven't lived. Right. <laughs> You're not old enough. Right. That's or so, it, it's a way, or it's a way that people try to not be forgiving or understanding that that was our. It's part of our journey. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times people in life
1: put too much guilt on themselves for things that have happened in the past. But people don't realize, like, your past is a culmination of who you are in your present. Mm-hmm. And if we put too much emphasis on ignoring the past and being shameful about the past, we dim our own light in the present because that is the things that happened then make us who we are now. Like, I've got, I got into a bad habit once of being so regretful and so upset about things I've done before. So instead of yeah. living in the present and making the most of the present, I was, like, trying to make up for a mistake. A I feel redo. Like, yeah. yeah, like, I'm always trying to redo and supplement something I felt like that was wrong. And doing that, I'm neglecting what's happening in the present.
2: Yeah, I do that in my professional life, especially, all the time. I'm like, like oh, what? I got fired from that one job. And then I'm like, well, I wouldn't have never been where I am right now. And I really am happy because of that.
0: Yeah. That's very nice and Buddhist of you. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Maybe you have a future in Buddhism. I Maybe. know. No, but might... no, I'll tell you, I, I shouldn't even say, I, I think the part about being accepting, um, of allow, having more faith in um, a reason as that is so overused. It is. But I would not get where I am. I would not have done the Ben Marion Institute if, you know, if I didn't understand that my detours were just directional changes that were helping me. So somewhere there are guides and it might be our insides who are very in touch with us wanting to be authentically ourselves. So we continually can adjust our compass.
3: Now, Abby, I'm very curious if you can speak a little to one of my, um, one story around the, I think it was the theater
4: theater. Um,
3: and the reason, I feel like I want to celebrate by just kind of a reflection back on that experience, how far we have come. Because I think as we think about queer culture, I think um, understanding not too long ago some of the experiences that were had. I'd like you just take us back to that time and then see what the boys think of the story as well.
0: Uh, are you all familiar with what was a, a, a an important pinnacle kind of change in in Atlanta's? gay community and in, in our rights in Atlanta in 1969. No. August no. 5th, 1969. <clears throat> um, history is, uh, it's so important to, to learn more and go, aha, because behavior hasn't changed. We all are trying to just make sense and be comfortable. That's never changed since the year one. And um, when uh, there was a wonderful film theater at Ansley, pa- Ansley Mall called the Film Forum, and it was run by a fabulous guy and, um, who was also in theater and straight and his son, and uh, George Ellis. <clears throat> and it was the only place where you could go and see quality art films in this city. And if you were hungry for them and you, you know, mostly people in the arts. So it wasn't an idea of what, we didn't have X-rated and R-rated then. But the, these were, you know, a lot of things. And one, this particular August 5th, George Ellis decided to show Lonesome Cowboy. Lonesome Cowboy was a film by Andy Warhol. Um, and that's from my era. Andy Warhol um, <clears throat> was, uh, has a, his own history in, in, talk about in the culture of what began to, to have excitement and how, how it was crystallized in certain places like New York. He, was, he did films, and some of them were, they were very edgy and different, and um, he had a whole entourage of, of people that were uh, very, uh, a little of everything. And this film, we were at a time where there was a man named Henson who who's this is horrible uh, person in Fulton County Commission, who just wanted to clean up Atlanta because in the 60s, everyone who was queer was coming into Atlanta like crazy. That's not to mention that there were plenty of people here already. Like in any city, and mm-hmm. in the South, mm-hmm. it kind of was, you know, the depot for everybody. I'm sure people who lived in, you name it, around Georgia, Augusta, Columbus, no, you know, Alabama. Savannah, Alabama, right over Tennessee. the line. <clears throat> okay. We're here. coming to Atlanta, and what was happening too was an understanding that there was a, an, an edginess because the bars were flourishing, and all of that was hypocritical because it was. Mostly supported by the mafia, liquor, liquor, money. The film got rated in simple terms. It had some negative, some naked people in it, whatever. And I was there uh, with two friends.
2: Was it just people, or were there queer undertones? Because Andy Warhol was bi, <clears throat>
0: sexual. It doesn't matter what he was. Yeah. He even wore wig. Um, the the point was that he his films were considered art films. He did a, an eight hour film of the Empire State Building. Go watch that for a while. Got to have drugs for that. He had a factory. I got to have drugs for. He had a factory in New York City. Yeah, the factory. Uh-huh. Are you familiar with I these do. things and all? And and those are places I have been. I've been. To... You've been to this factory. I have been there. I am a fossil sitting at this that table, is maybe. So cool.
4: yeah. <laughs> a fossil.
2: I, I mean, that is really cool. I did a I did a um, themed party for my company. What with is Andy cool Warhol. about that? So I had to do I had to do mm-hmm, all this research. Mm-hmm. What's cool about that? That's history. I mean. Andy Warhol is an artist. So in name general.
0: something that you've just done that's history. Me? Yeah, and you, Dante. And you Ooh. think of something in your own life that you've done that is history, that someday someone's going to say, "Wow, that's cool. It could be the most the thing you least thought of, walking into the wrong bathroom, Walking into a stall, not locking the door and you're in a women's bathroom, maybe. I don't know. I'm using really silly things that I've done. I've done. What have you That what, were men's bad. What, what do you, have
1: you done? My senior year of high school, or no, was that the year after I graduated high school, um, for <laughs> a grant, I helped an organization get in South Georgia. They named a scholarship in my honor. What? Yeah, so that was nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's mm, like one historical Nice, <laughs> that's so
3: cute. Yeah, I don't know. I my, For me, it's all wrapped up probably in my children to some degree um, because there's an aspect of their there they will become impressions of me but their own versions
0: were you there for their birth yes okay well hello,
3: <laughs> well, hello. I, I was actually there for the inception as well I thank you I would hope
0: so <laughs> let the beginning begin
4: yeah. Yeah. I,
3: you know but I think to the point though there's not you know having regard for an artist like that it's amazing to see people who are willing to stretch the boundaries so vividly um, I'm still curious what happens with this yeah, what theater happens with, so. yeah what happened?
0: you told us about the day I want the, the day. theater so we're in the middle of I finally am going to see this film of his because I hadn't seen it and um, and I was in Atlanta, and I went with two friends. And in, in those days, you you know you'd go to the go to the theater real quick and all, and, and maybe there was popcorn, and George would sell it for like ten cents or five cents. He wasn't into making money that way. And you bring in, you were allowed to bring in a sandwich. And I remember getting, and this this thing you can read about it. <laughs> it's in a, it, it is kind of funny, and um, I mean it has been written also on, on the Smithsonian Magazine has the whole raid and what happened to me. So was, we're sitting there, and I was we had these hoagies. You know, and we're sitting, and I'm, oh, so excited. And I was with two friends of mine who were straight, very, just really, it was liberal, artsy people were in the theater. Lots of gays, of course. The gays. The gays were there. We were all gay. We were happy. And i in the middle, I'm, I'm finally watching it, and all of a sudden, the lights go on. And I'm thinking, what the... and I'm in the middle of of the sandwich and all and I said what's going on and I'll never forget there was this one guy who stood up just family just he said girl we're being raided I went (laughs) girl girl we are being (laughs) raided niece (laughs) niece (laughs) I said what no not now no not now the film no and with that a sheriff they came in the lights were on and um, they announced, you're being raided. This is a raid. And he said, Told you so. So <laughs> what, uh, what did that what did that mean? It's like you gotta go, like they because keep, it was. To, oh no, no, it's not a gotta go. It's more than that. It's like you're nasty and you're in a nasty place, and we're gonna do it this way. Sit in your rows, and when we call a row, you get up and you line up against the wall. What? I'm giving you a preview of what So Other things that would like to be gay in this city, even in the bars, they were all calculated when there would be raids, and if you knew about them, and sometimes there were people who knew about them and could tell the bar, it's a very long story. So here, we get up, and it's our row, and and, and I'm getting up with my hoagie. I was waiting for the sandwich. <laughs> I, not not, not a total foodie, her, but hoagie. you know, give me a break. So we get up, and and as a man, one of the sheriff's guys says, "Leave the hoagie on the seat." Leave the hoagie. I said, "Fine." And I get up, and we're in a row, and um, I had been back and forth in Atlanta. I'd been here since '65. I was already um, a professor at the University of Illinois, but I came to Atlanta a lot. I was in the arts and I was with my two friends, and we're up against the wall, the three of us along with lots of other people. And I mean the drugs, it was the 60s, and you could see all the joints, everything in the rows, and I'm thinking, how can we like scuttle it all together? But they they, they so will were...
3: try to look different to Take, make us look more.
0: No, no, no? get the drugs when, you, when she wants When them. they tell you to oh. get out, get. The, get oh, the right. you're she trying to see if you can figure she out. Wants them to, to pick them she wants to pick them all up, up. for later. I, get you, never, you, you guys <laughs> never, you know, really. There I are bars where, where when everybody's I, drops things out of their, <laughs> their pockets. Not not necessarily out of their pants like sometimes happens with yeah. some fellas. Like, that. <laughs> like, like the co- third leg, like, yeah, the cock rings and all. And all. <laughs> but uh,
2: that's how they knew you're real nasty.
0: Yeah, I guess. <laughs> really, all, all sweetie pies. We were up, and then they they interview you and they take your picture, and that's when you had light bulb. Your cameras had the mm-hmm. flash <laughs> 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 And then they ask who you are, and. Um, and they came to me, and my two friends were there, husband and wife, and um, and they asked, you know, they said who they were, and, and one was in the federal government, I'm not going to get into names, and was in what was called the o- OEO, the Office of Economic Opportunity, very important liberal kind of movement at that time in the 60s if you think back, mm-hmm. and my other f- friend was um, head of a lot of mental health in the city, and um, at, a, at an institute, and then there was me. And they looked at them, and they said, uh, are you here alone? I said, oh, I'm here with, I'm, I am by myself. I mean, I'm not, you know, he, does your husband know you're here? <laughs> and of course, my two friends, are now peeling out against the wall, laughing, banging, you know, saying, you know, does just, her husband know who she's total- here? She doesn't even know who her husband is. <laughs> just
2: totally outing you. My
0: husband does not know where I'm at. My husband has no idea. I said, no, and I don't have a husband. And they couldn't jive that together, I don't know what they were looking for, you know, there was no flannel on me at the time, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, to this day, but guys, this is serious stuff, you know, you get, a, you get arrested, and you're whatever, and there's going to be a hearing, and there, there are different things that happen, and um, when we came out of the theater, this all, by the way, I want to give a little plug that can help you with some history here, with an organization called Touching Up Our Roots, Dave Hayward, uh, who started it. And this is, this is a lot of history that's good to know about Atlanta if you even want to talk about what it's like to be yourself in your own personal struggles to start looking at someone else's. Are you familiar with Touching Up Your Roots? Mm-hmm. These are great things to add to your wisdom, your life experience. You guys, you know, dig deep. Not everybody digs as deep as you do into your feelings. And um, you're asking yourself a lot of questions so you can come out with answers but we got to test them with history.
3: Yeah, I agree. I've had that. Don't you think? I mean, it's so much going on. That criticism and encouragement. So we had the book writer uh, spotted that very quickly in our dialogue too. Um, I know there's a podcast called Gay History, FYI, um, we'll put other resources that are available, but I do think that entrenching ourselves a little bit more in the past to so, not.
0: I'm just talking about a website that gives you a, a time frame of the, the raid and oh, all gotcha, that story gotcha. and what happened. I don't want yeah, to get we're into all to, that. Yeah, we're detail. trying to find our
2: own niche. There's gotcha. already a podcast.
0: No, no. What I'm saying, <laughs> no, though no. This is, I is think... not. I'm trying to elaborate so I don't have to talk so much here gotcha. about gotcha. about. Okay. The, I'm on film about it. Um, And then there was the Smithsonian Institute. It was the big anniversary of the raid in Stonewall. Stonewall happened the month before we, well, June, two months, June, I don't remember now, 12th of 1969, Stonewall in New York. And this was the beginning of a lot of stuff. And we were, we were, Atlanta was shaking because there was a lot, things were very quiet in one sense, but we'd had enough and as I said in the interview with the Smithsonian, it was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. They dragged fellas out—you have no idea—and um, into the paddy wagons outside. And then there were others lined up for the next show. A lot, of, a lot at that time, strictly drag queens. A lot of them, because they were the ones that had the mouth, and they were at the front and started saying, "What's happening?" And you know, and everybody would yell back, and um, you felt some support. But it was horrible the way that they were treated. Um, I wasn't put in a paddy wagon, and I think that that had to do with a lot of different ways that we can talk about of, of what went on for certain lesbians who, I certainly wasn't in the closet, but who had um, a certain amount of also white privilege, that's another thing. Of course, there were, I can't remember, recall many um, people in the theater who were black or anything but very pink-white. At the time except in some of our wonderful drag queens from the time there's a lot of history there of of what that place was and what um even as lesbians we owed to some of them though many uh, lesbians had their own splits we had caste systems and so that raid immediately caused a whole bunch of strangers queer that's one thing they had in common that was it to go down to a, a, a cafe in emory village and the gay, the Georgia Gay Liberation Front started there. And it was the first time total strangers got together not knowing anything about one another. And what it was the main thing that had to happen, which still I wish could still happen, We had there was a blinding trust in trying to figure out one idea of something that was so indignant that we'd all had enough. Mm-hmm. And in that, whoever was still there most of those people had jobs, they could lose their jobs. There was no there, there was no uh, free space, in a sense, except if you were in the clump there, but a lot happened. And there's a lot of history to know about that day. And what led to the 71, the first Pride March, came. That was the, the main, I think, pivotal thing in the history of the city, that raid. Uh, so a uh, silver lining, hmm, maybe silver lining and getting arrested, silver lining and just, it was it was pretty bad. And um, uh, Henson, he, he thought he, he's going to clean up the city. He's going to clean up the city. So when it went on, that began really people becoming, I think, more out. Before that, we there were the, the subcultures, you knew where certain bars were. You just knew. And if you don't know, the the way you would find out in any city, by the way, even to this day, they still is done, is the taxi cab drivers or the Uber drivers now. But back then, yellow cab drivers had to know where every gay bar was in the city to get you there.
3: I'm amazed at the... the, And there
0: were a lot, by the way.
3: You think about queer culture and the way that you respectfully kind of acknowledge the role that drag queens had in that that yeah. entire engagement um and then by being oppressed together you came together and created um you know as a group eventually what would be pride and and everything evolved from a queer center because um, that was even yeah hit,
0: and remember right? pride then was a march there were many years pride was a march the first pride when we did the first pride parade in 71 um the mayor would not give a permit for a parade hmm. so 120 whatever it was um marched on the sidewalks did you down. have little fines um there it was a sometimes a silent march and what we had to do at every corner is a traffic light we didn't have a parade guys we were on a sidewalk every every traffic light you stopped and had to wait for it to turn green and then you all went
2: yeah <laughs> wait had so to all go. the first pride mm-hmm. march in atlanta was 71.
0: yes wow interesting what do you think it was girl and that was March and yeah that was a March with a capital M and it That's went right. on and on and when the Baptist Convention came here there were things that you all um, I wish there was a way to capture experience to you what that was like and how people would wear big hats sunglasses whatever so it wouldn't be recognized but um, uh,
3: I had heard that there was um, a when it between St. Mark's and the Big Baptist Church, it was like mm. that part. And it's still funny because <laughs> in current pride, there'll still be some rando there with like a sign Maybe or something. More than, more than yes, one. but um, apparently that was you know a, a real hard part, I guess, of the walk where there was lots of it's, anti. I, there's
0: a lot of that still. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for years when we still had the march, they would they graduated to megaphones and what whatever, and mm-hmm. even. Um, and not that long ago they would have me on on the corners even coming down yes. 10th street yeah yeah and i remember one where there was this one guy who was just just screaming away it was horrible and there were a lot of young queers who had just yeah. never been to uh, pride had, had risked everything had change only change and bare change in their pocket and there were those of us who would try and find them because if they if one of them got them they would just fall apart it was horrible so mm-hmm. If they saw anything where they weren't that kind of sinning, it would just go right back to where they were. Plus, we had to get them back home without, without with Shit, money. Shit, that
2: still happens. 10th and, and, and West Peach right. Street well, is we where they Well, we used on?
0: to go down, and we had a certain appointed group, and after a certain point, we'd let them speak. And then when we'd go by, we just pulled the plugs out yeah. Oh. of their speakers.
2: They have the Pansy Patrol now, where they cover up their signs, which is really cool.
0: Uh, see how creative that is? Yeah. There weren't, you know, we 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 didn't do all that, but... What we did do sometimes, and there were ones so yelling and screaming, and of course that did not do any negotiating or understanding, but it at least had to happen, or who knows how we'd, we'd internalize it. So I don't, I don't think that's all bad, but I do think that there are those of us who then decided that we needed to go behind closed doors and begin to negotiate a lot of things. There were things that we were losing uh, gay men in the, um, in the woods at Piedmont Park, Called yeah. the knee walks. Do you know about that? Knee that? walks.
2: Is that like e-walk?
0: Ewok? No, it's like getting on your knees. <laughs> oh. Okay,
2: so they, they were at yeah, Peabody Park. Peabody having... Park
0: used to be where where men who would hook up with men uh, would hook up with men who were married or whatever, and oh. there were body bags taken out every week. Oh, and right. I know this for a fact. Jesus, so like there would be people there waiting to kill them after they'd like hooked them up. They yeah. they 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 were they were baiting them. Oh my God,
4: yeah. Jesus. I oh,
0: listen, the, you know, this isn't that new. Look at, you know, the, the things later on
3: Laramie, me, but it's like, yeah, Laramie, I, but that's the thing is that people don't realize how it was not that long ago. At Thank
0: all. you for saying that it was not that long ago. It's not. And you have to understand for me, I think it's important for me to constantly remind myself of that. Why? Because I really believe. That any change or progress that I have been able to help make, no one does this alone, Mm -hmm. is because I had to come to a keen understanding with myself that change is so slow. Change only happens slowly. And you've got to take the first step. and, And sometimes you've got to be very imaginative to see where the little Changes have happened. We're I, not that far from what I have seen. I mean, uh, I,
3: I think the fear is people forget, <clears throat> it may, well, people didn't experience, mm-hmm. okay, first of all. And because we don't have the intergenerational change for people like you to say and tell these stories. People think that that's so far away that it could never happen again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet, whether it's the Jamaica examples, mm-hmm. whether it's literally the fear oh, that Jamaica. we had, mm-hmm. all it takes is one crazy person to incite that fear in us as a culture again. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, been
0: happening. Look, Politically,
3: guys, where are where we? Clubs. Yeah. Look at the clubs.
0: Look at all the things that in the last decade. The, the slaughter that's happened. It, um, the eagle
2: was raided. Uh, people found bats found, uh, Hung up in that's poles. An, yeah. That you
0: have no idea. And back in the day, um, the bars were not... At a certain point where the bars, Many of the men's, most of the men's bars, and the women's bars were... There was another whole discussion. It would be neat to have a discussion about what that was like. Mm-hmm. These things could take forever, you know, have their own place. But the, there were bars that wanted no part of any of the Gay Liberation Front, wanted no part of anything that they considered, and it was partly one man, I'm not going to say names, I can't, um, in that way, because there are people still alive, and that's I'm not getting there, but who wouldn't let any, uh, to come in even to do voter registration, it was a big deal to me in the early 70s, immediately, vote, vote, vote. And then there were a group of us from all of that that started a group called Acre. Have you ever heard of Acre? Mm -hmm. See, these are fun ways to build your sense of yourself. Acre, um, Atlanta, oh gosh, now I can't even think. We were the first uh, pact that began to get, you know, interview politicians running for office here. Acre became an organization called Gay PAC. Gay PAC then became... We made George equality interesting very interesting and an acre uh, there were mostly men and then myself and I was invited to try and, and recruit some other women mm. but all this ha- wouldn't, this all came in pieces that were on the same subject we didn't have a lot of organizations like today and the thing that, that we did have and I wish we had it again was we didn't have counter uh, purpose we all still work together yes there were those who wanted the fame let them have it i get more done without that
2: yep. yeah well that that would be a good way to uh, plug our one of our next episodes coming up where we're interviewing some uh government officials yeah so that's really exciting a dose the
0: gay politics oh, wow yeah. well, you should i wish you could have been flies on the wall and how we interviewed every mayor that was going to be a mayor in the city well, and began to re they began to realize my god there is a gay vote okay yes because yes now and that was my whole thing about us going in the bars. Starting in, I started re- going in in '71, really trying to register. And there were bars that let me; and others,
3: no. So I have to say, this is. The, and there so, was
0: somewhere a lesbian couldn't go in the, in a men's bar. You know that.
3: This, mm-hmm. and I did not know that. Well, some gays really. I mean, don't we like got it anymore. at
0: Bulldogs. We called it poodles. Yeah. <laughs> poodles.
3: <laughs> I, I have to tell you that that this is the. This is what is currently missing in today's society. I feel like we are not as integrated and as much of a team I feel in the, the same. queer oh, journey. Sure. Um, and the opportunity is there for us. I got to ask you one area that I feel like is the hallmark of what may have hurt that. When we talk about HIV AIDS and we talk about mm. the fact that now all of a sudden your gay counterparts um, in the queer movement start. Dying off, literally. I was talking to my hairdresser this weekend, um and he was like, um, "You know, he he remembers a time when it was like every month it's two or three guys that died, and this was constant." And he was 24 years old, twenty between 23 and 25, and he's like, "Helmet, you know, what these year people was are that? just." just wondering. I don't even remember. Okay. I can it doesn't ask matter. You. But his his point was, um, he lived in Ohio at the time. But the point was that people were just dying and dying and dying. Mm -hmm. And you have now a part of the queer family that is really, really hurt and not maybe there. And I don't know how that played a part. What was that like in Atlanta? And what happened to queer culture then?
0: I think queer culture didn't go anywhere. I think that what was happening, we're making an assumption that all of those folks who died were dying for their rights. No, no, no. They were dying because of a country that didn't acknowledge their right to be. And, uh, and so much was not being done to support the re- uh, you know, research. Those are things in mm-hmm. history you can read about. Living it and hearing and seeing what was going on, uh, was, um, <clears throat> it felt like the most helpless place I, I remember for me in a long time. I lost in literally six weeks, six weeks, Uh, I talked about Acre on that, on there, where certain individuals uh, died within six weeks. In six weeks, I lost 15 of my closest circle of men friends.
3: 15? 15. 15 people gone in six weeks. Oh, my God.
0: It was in the very, remember, in the very, very beginning, and... um, what was, I mean, it was it was considered the pox, too, if you admitted to it. And, and and that brings up the whole thing that I don't think has really changed that much, is still the struggle to be authentically ourselves. And um, I, I've waited, for, you know, 50 years now, guys. If I go do the mass 60s,
4: mm-hmm.
0: um, to get where I can see my brothers and sisters uh, in the queer world, to begin to just be themselves. And if I, the, the Ben Marion is a highly motivating place. It is not a queer organization. It is about equity. It is about that idea of people's worth and the delight of all how different we are in how we promote a culture of kindness, empathy and fairness. First of all, within the gay community. And what is a community? We don't have a community right now. Do you think we do? We don't intervene. I've seen community, we have communities, when there are bigger national subjects and all, we all can be out there, I mean, gay marriage, what a celebration but in terms of things changing for people's right to feel not um, ashamed of being gay or or worrying about what they're doing, or if they had the Georgia voice or Southern voice, and I've seen this, not now with COVID, but getting on a plane where you have the gay paper, when you're getting on the plane, and I've asked this to many people, when you fly and you have the paper, do you get on the plane and fold it over so they don't see what it is? <gasps> yeah, I do. Yeah. What's that about? It's the. It's like we're so forced to have to someday prepare ourselves to announce that we're gay. That we're gay.
3: As opposed to just being it. Um, I um.
0: I always ask back. Yeah. What are you?
3: <laughs> I want to. Um, I mean,
0: that is a way, so much to soften ourselves a little.
3: I want to think about. Um, for all of us, what do we think we need to do looking forward for queer culture? Mm-hmm. What are the practical things that we would. encourage ourselves towards.
0: I'd love to hear that from y'all.
1: Okay, well, I guess I'll start. I think it is time that we stop finding ways to re-traumatize ourselves as adults. I don't know, I feel like we've become so indoctrinated to feel like the trauma some of us have endured In like our foundational years is normal and that it is a habit that we try to get into ourselves and it's kind of subconscious but making a conscious effort to break down these habits when we act as adults in terms of how we interact with people how we deal with stress how we deal with the pressure from the outside world and how we communicate to the other side of the world how we want to be respected, treated and upheld in a way that is more healthy I think is a way that
0: something I'd like to see the queer community do in the future How do you think that would happen? It's, it's something that I have heard a lot, and I think it's so well said by you, but how, if we, how do we do it? Saying it is what I've lived through for quite a few decades now, mm-hmm. fellas, and I don't give up hope, but I hear a lot of wonderful things like that, and, and yours is right on and so, so intuitive. How the heck... Are we going to do it? Efficient conversation, one
1: that results in actual change and impact. I feel like we live in a world sometimes where we say, 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 say what we want to do without doing anything at all to back those words. It's almost like I was using this example earlier. You have someone who's telling you to invest in something, but then you're never seeing a return on your investment. And the only way to keep progress going forward is having a way for people who are trying so hard to seek equality, get some kind of return on that investment, and to see something palpable for themselves, so they don't give up hope, and that we get to a place where everyone feels like they belong.
0: So, what you're echoing for me is such a strong memory of where we began in, in my life experience, which things were happening way before me, mm-hmm. you know, about that, and where else I learned a lot of that. It was another era piece in my life that I had the opportunity. And that was to be involved in the civil rights movement. the, the one that dealt very strongly in the 60s, whatever I was in the um, the government program, Vista, the were first of nine volunteers. and we would talk about this among African American. First, it was African American. Well, first it was colored. But you know, if you if you look in the 60s, of the very things that we talked about, Uh, what they wanted. What did, what did, how did that do? Do we need to pattern maybe after what the civil rights movement did? How they really did get in the streets and whatever, and did that really work? What really do you think worked? How many lives? You know, we we say we want these things and we need to get together. It means that we're really going to have to do a lot more understanding of our own internal Selves and what it is in us that we're afraid of that we have courage for and what we're ashamed of
3: Yeah, it's the uh, it's the RuPaul and then the and then it's kind of the flip meaning There's the self-discovery right of effectively I think that 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 the trauma of coming out and being gay and, and whatever we went through is a markings of a time and There's a personal healing you have to come with and letting go of some of that shit um, and then there's the going forward as to like, okay, now that I've worked through those things for myself, right? How am I building a queer community going forward? What am I doing to be different um, in terms of the way I'm integrating with other, other queer members? Um, that's my, that was, so that was my perspective on the whole like going forward queer thing. I think that um, queer thing, queer culture. I think that we have to start being more strategic and thoughtful um, I think of my life now increasingly as I'm 44 years old you know let's say I die at 95 50 years ahead of me what are the things that I want to do to try to affect the world that I'm gonna be in so that I'm happy right and what am i gonna do to try to promote things that are positive for queer things like where are my lesbian sisters why do I not know enough of them? How am I able to integrate with them more to have a broader understanding of queer besides just the gay side? Yes, it means being around girls. Ooh, we love girls. Like, we've freaking love women most of the time gays do but somehow lesbians if they're a little brunty or grunty like what yeah, that's not if they are some of them are like and some that. of them are lip sticky yeah bunty. i mean they're all part of our queer family and we don't we we gotta we gotta kind of invest in that i feel like that's that's part of it is being uncomfortable whether it means um, being uncomfortable in the gay community. Gays, gays are divided in tribes. I mean, the last time I went to a party, a dance party two weeks ago, having a great old time, but the <laughs> gays are literally in little tribes. And as you kind of dance your way, because I'm very independent and I'm old enough, that I'm like, bitch, who are you? I walk through those little dance parties and they're little tribes. I definitely there, And then you're in another little tribe, another little tribe. And, and that, you're,
0: you're among them.
3: And I'm among them. And oh, by the way, these are mostly... These are mostly white tribes or Asian tribes, right? So there's even that aspect that we've talked about before. But gays will aggregate in little groups, and then we're not integrating with within ourselves, and much less than how do you go about that for yourself? Well, there you go. You have to. I really do think that it's our responsibility to try to break down these walls that exist because I'm not Mm-mm. I'm not maximizing my output, my, myself. My happiness will be greatest, I think, when I find the other queers in the community that don't look like me, but might absolutely be the right kind of people to make me go to that next level of happiness, of realization, um, and it could come in the form of um, <laughs> an older lesbian, it could come in the form of um, um, of a young black man, it can come in many, many forms.
0: Yeah. And to me, the piece that um, <clears throat> I see to have all this happen,
4: mm-hmm. to
0: even know who to choose or who to be among and who are the rest that deplete you. I call that people dust, people, the dust. people dust people. And that's not, con- I don't mean that condescending, but I, I need to have that for me to remember what enhances my life or what depletes it. I see nothing in between you either you have relationships that enhance or relationships that deplete oh, I love that that is my current outlook on life yes oh well, well now, then, now then we, we are then we under uh, it, it really is the only motivator I have to begin to understand what's missing in my life and why for whatever reason I started out in my 20s in a more um, well even with my folks back when. I mean, I grew up in a home that had gay people in it. You know, my parents weren't gay, but we lived in a big apartment building in Manhattan. And you learn, you know, there was exposure to things. So, yay me. But then, what happened that I could then integrate and know at my table at any one time, I could have people from every kind of culture, when I'm talking about black, Asian, who are my friends, who if I had to go and find out who my barber is, or who my hairdresser is, or who whatever, if I had jelly beans in every different color that symbolized red, yellow, each one was a different group of people, and I had a Ziploc bag, and I went and got my jelly beans, to—who? what's the last book, who was the author, what's the music I like, would my jelly beans all be like the one color? Like if the red ones, we're white people? Would I have more of this or that? Or could I strive in my life to have a Ziploc that was filled, multicolored? And what would be the damn impact that would have on how I would begin to get intimate and know myself? And that's the piece that I want so desperately in this city. There are so many folks who do want to be the leaders. And I am I am fine with somebody's got to lead And when you're a short person, you learn. It's better, (laughs) let somebody who can see farther ahead than you, okay? And just get behind them so you don't bump into things. I'm being cute, but at the same time, it's not about that kind of, there's still a need to be heard and feel important. And we have different kinds of leaders. To me, the best leader that I can be is a lifetime learner, one that begins to assess things in terms of what is going on inside me and what still I have to get comfortable with. And I'm sure that's going to be for the rest of my life. And I I hope I live to like, I want to be, always wish to be like, I'm going to be like, want to be 120.
3: Yes, I'm okay with you uh, being more than 120.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (gasps) are you if you don't mind me (laughs) asking. I don't mind you asking at all, I'm 75. Really, oh,
1: wow. I could have it because she started talking about the 60s, and I'm like, in my head you were born in the 60s,
0: but I was and like, she was, a, she was at all these professor. places, yeah, in the late 60s. In the late 60s. That yeah. threw me. I did go to school, I was a young one. Young yeah. professor, can me the word young? God, I was so green, I was a green professor. Yes, we God. were a whole new tribe of culture.
3: I um, I wanna say too, as we think about the future of, of queer culture, I am excited at the prospect in our country and and particularly even Atlanta, if I'm being honest, but there are so many places in our country. If we are able to wake up and experience queerness at its best, having all the races and cultures and peoples together, together with that queerness is pretty insane. That's pretty amazing. I think it's a very exciting time to be queer. I think that we have the next... 100 years, 200, I mean, what would it be like if you really allowed and engaged and broke down the barriers inside yourself, learned yourself, and then took that out into the rest of the queer community. We usually do a call to Kiki, and our call to Kiki is a opportunity to ask people to interact with other queers around um, the topic. And since we talked here about queer culture, um, I would like to ask you, what would your encouragement be, Abby, to our dolls out there, as to how um, how they can deal with this topic with their friends? What would you encourage them to do?
0: Okay, dealing with this very topic with their friends, I think the first message is, is to ask one, each other, when was the first time you really noticed how uncomfortable you were being queer? And then, if I'm understanding it correctly, you know, to ask, how do you perceive talking to somebody who doesn't like you? How do you approach them with that? And cognitively, our brain has to develop slower than any other animals I know. So when you're in your 20s and all, it's not as easy to stop and ask them what makes you what makes you not like me and then asking them further questions. This is critical thinking. So what I'm hoping can happen within the gay culture, that'll be salvation, will be really beginning to look at and practice and learn how to practice or get coaches to help you in what critical thinking is, because that is what changes things. No, I don't want it anymore behind closed doors where it's done and not said a certain way, but certain things get lightened. Critical thinking is the best way to engage and include some mean-spirited son of a gun
4: mm-hmm.
0: who denies the life spirit and equity of myself, and uh, that's what I'm hoping. You know, from this conversation we've had around this table, in all forms, that um, the way we get on with the new movement of making social change, and to be what I call proudly change agents. Not gay change agents, change agents who happen to be queer.
3: Yes. 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 No, I love that. And you're right. And that's. It's broader thank you abby um has it great. has been delightful to have you no you have helped us work through some queer culture realness today i feel like everyone learned That's something cool, well, like
2: everything category everything's
0: category realness, is really? realness. Well, well, certainly people can... i got posed in my
3: mind so um
0: well there you go and, and certain people you know if people have questions that hear this and all if there's a way they contact you or whatever
3: yeah we, we will, can certainly
0: um... answer things i'm not going to have a, a column in the paper like i'm not that dear abby but um yes, and sharing
3: uh but we will we will have your um your information available to our dolls online at the gaily post thank you so much again um thank you dolls for listening i feel
0: honored thank you
3: so we are honored to have you and um I remind everyone again um once you've learned to love yourself we need you to learn to love everybody else Bye-bye. bye 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 Bye. adios shout.